Hi there, listener. You're about to experience Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games, and there will be plenty of game talk, but also copious amounts of crude, off-color, offensive, and immature speech. So if you are of a rather sensitive humor constitution, we're just letting you know what you're in for with this show. It has games. It has jokes. You know, just games and jokes. Take the games, take the jokes, and have a good time. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another Tadpog podcast. Still, it happens twice a week where two old guys talk about old games. This week, we're talking about, we're talking about a video game. Yeah, because... because we're about a Tadpog <laughs> classic. Talk about a video game. This is straight up original flavor. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it made me sad the other day. I was talking to Josh Edwards and uh, Time Lord Josh Edwards, excuse mm-hmm. me. And he was quoting the show uh, where he was doing the whole, Tyler, if you were to give this game a beard. And I felt really weird inside. Like I felt like <laughs> I'd just watch Henry like graduate from high school <laughs> because it was like, oh, I haven't said that in so long. <laughs> It has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Since Abe's Odyssey. It's true. I think that's the last video game we actually covered. (laughs) Covered. That wasn't that long covered, yeah. I'll put covered in that long. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) It was last month. Yeah, it's fine. Cool. We better cut off. (laughs) Yeah, so we figured that's about time. Yeah. (laughs) This week has been a a mixed bag of complaints. (laughs) Yeah, it has. It's really taught me, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because no matter what we try, somebody's like, everything's changing. Man. So I was like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's great is that we had actually planned to do this game. Um,. Before complaints came in, so it, just, it was <laughs> it's like, true. "Don't, don't." We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're glad that you're here listening. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. If if you still are, yes, we're very glad you're yeah, here. If you are, thank you. <laughs> because my brother, um, he happened to be on VCI, which is our local like. Craigslist hasn't hit big in Western Kentucky. We still use an internet service provider from like 15 years ago. <laughs> Their want ads are the bigger place. And he saw a uh, guy who was selling it. I don't think didn't come with any games. Just a Sega Saturn, one controller. Make me an offer. And Ryan called him. Was like, I'll give you 40 bucks. Okay. So he went and got a Sega Saturn for 40 bucks. Normally they're around 100 on eBay. Nice. So it was a good deal. And we happened to have that. One Sega Saturn game sitting back there. We've been we've been wanting a Saturn mainly um, to play this game mm-hmm. that was sent to us um, by John from Louisiana. Yeah, back on episode. Good. <laughs> that's that's some good because I didn't remember. So I'm glad you did some research to figure out who did send us that. It was um, tough research to do because I <laughs> what I had to do was go to the site and search for mail. <laughs> <laughs> and then like any episode that showed up, I was like, well, I'll listen to the intro. So it took a probably about probably about two hours to dig it to find it. But man. I figured it was worth it because I wanted to give John from Louisiana, who certainly does not listen anymore. <laughs> I wanted to give him the credit that he is due. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, we played that game. 
We played that game. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> we played sh- the game that he included, which was Street Fighter colon the movie. The, the game. game that's not on that's not on the box, but <laughs> it should be because it is a game. And we were very confused when we saw his pack when we opened his package and was like, "I don't is this? It says Sega Saturn, but I guess it's a game." <laughs> because and then I guess whenever I pulled out the disc to put it in the Sega Saturn, hey, there's another game under here. So we've got another Sega Saturn game just waiting for us. For when Chris Edler comes up. Yep, because it is a pinball game for the Sega Saturn. Do you remember which one it was? I can't remember what it's Ultra called. Ultra Pinball, maybe? Yeah, something like that. I only vaguely glanced at it for just a second. Right. We just know it's a pinball game. <laughs> yeah. There's probably only one pinball game for mm-hmm. the Saturn. Except for like maybe 200 Japan imports. <laughs> right. <laughs> so before we get to... Street Fighter, the game, the movie. The movie, the game. The movie, the game. Mm-hmm. The game, the movie. Damn it. I wish they'd make a movie about the us playing the game. I'm your beard host, Tyler, and we got a package. We got a package to open. You we wanna do. you wanna open it? Yeah, I'll open this one. Cause it it's um in a flat rate mailing envelope. What's up, Internet? I am your bespectacled host, Dave, and this is the sound of us opening a package from Drew. I'm just gonna not not Barbecue Baron, mm-hmm. Drew. This is a new Drew. The new a Drew new on Drew. the block. So I'm not going to give his last name because I'm not sure if he's cool with that or not. Yeah. We'll see. If we don't a, know new Drew enough. If there's a letter in here. It feels like it feels like a magazine. So mm, okay. I'm guessing just from the weight of it that it's a magazine. I, I feel like this has got to be an old Playboy. I'm going to smell it. I've opened it. I'm going to smell it. It doesn't smell like an old Playboy, though. Let it be his Charisma Carpenter episode of an old Playboy. What is this? All right. Are these Garfield comics? (laughs) Whoa! Whoa, whoa. These are amazing. All right. So it is a whole bunch of comics, uh, one of which I have heard of, but I've never seen before. I've seen scans online for this Super Mario Brothers uh, Valiant under the Valiant publisher. Um, there is a letter in here. Maybe we should read that. Super Mario Bros. Number number one, dollar ninety five, featuring exclusive scenes from the hottest game ever, Super Mario Brothers three. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. It is pretty nice. All right. Here is a note that is included, which says, "Hey guys." My name is Drew, and I just wanted to thank you for all the hard work. You approach podcasting with so much fun and so little negativity, and it's really appreciated. Well, I'm sorry, (laughs) Drew, but we might have a little bit of negativity on this episode. I'm just guessing based on the game that we played, so bear bear with us. Uh, The positive attitudes have translated into my own podcast. Uh, I noticed... I guess what I'm saying is Tadpog is infectious. In a cool way, though. Not like an STD. In a cool, like a disease <laughs> that is a gift and a curse, but primarily a gift. It's like an STD. Okay. Speaking of gifts, <laughs> I hope you enjoy these comics. That Captain N book is a real gem. A real shitty gem. <laughs> Fun to read, though. Anyway, thanks again for all the hard work, and I look forward to seeing what comes next. 
Sincerely, Drew Van Ginderen? Sure. That's my best guess. I'm trying. I'm sorry, Drew, if I got it wrong. Uh, and it looks like his Twitter handle is just Drew VG. P.S. Oh, God. P.S. You can read this on the show if you want. <laughs> when I saw there was a P.S., the first thing was like, shit, we're going to have to cut this entire thing because he's going to say, P.S., please do not please read this. Please do not read this, especially my last name. So speaking of which, are we on USB input? Otherwise, we have to re-record we're, anyway. We're good. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so thank you, Drew. Uh, of course, we uh, saw the Super Mario Bros. number one Valiant comic. Hell yes. Here is the Valiant Captain N uh, that he referenced. Uh, I like that Bigfoot yeah. on the back. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> it's an ad for the uh, a, Acclaim NES Bigfoot game. <laughs> Uh, not big the foot, monster the truck. monster the monster truck. <laughs> this is Captain N number three dollar ninety five. Mm. I went back and watched that cartoon a few months ago, and it's weird in that Mega Man is green and sounds like a goblin because no one he didn't have a personality established, so they just assumed he was just growly. And apparently the designers had like a fucked up TV that their blue came through as green. So that's why he's green. <laughs> I didn't see him in the comic, but I just kind of flipped through. Wait, Mega Man's not green? They need to reboot this now for Captain NX for the next Nintendo system. <laughs> you need to tweet that. That's funny. Um, here is Marvel vs. Capcom Fate of Two Worlds which is a small comic uh, that I think that I got uh, when I purchased Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Hey, power makes the player, and here's your chance to get it. Here is where we can enter a Nintendo Power. <laughs> is there a phone number? Yeah, call now and get the power even faster. Hold on. What's the number? 1-800-521. I should have asked when I was ready to dial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1-800-521. Zero nine zero zero. Zero nine zero zero? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Thank you for calling Nintendo. What? After 18 years and over 28 million calls, we have discontinued our live game counseling service. We want to thank our many fans who used our service throughout the years. Although we no longer offer live help, we have many options available for game This is nuts. <laughs> for online gameplay information, you may want to try our website at Nintendo.com. Another source for detailed gameplay information is the video. Nintendo's 24 hour automated tip line with information on over 150 games. They still have a tip line? The number to call is 1 425 885 7529. This is a regular long distance call and toll charges may apply. It's just a long distance call? How do they do that? How do they cover that? They assume no one's going to call it, so it's just a guy named Chad. Like, we mentioned last time, just sitting at his house. Like, I'll give up. I've got game bags pulled up right here. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) I'll charge him $5 a minute for it. They pay somebody to do that? What area code was it? Did they say 415? I I do not remember. I'm just, well, I think our real problem was, I'm looking at it right here, and the power line is closed on Sundays. So, (laughs) I think that's what it was. (laughs) We'll have to call back Monday through Saturday, 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. Well, it is Tuesday, Tyler. (laughs) As a special bonus with your two-year subscription, you get a free Team Power pin. I wonder how much Team Power pins are going for now. 
I could find out. We probably should. We probably should. Also, 415 is a San Francisco area code. So I'm assuming mm. that it's Time Lord Josh Edwards <laughs> with his cell phone. Like, that's his cell phone number. People just call, and he looks it up on, on GameFAQs, just like you said. So we have to call that number, right? Yeah, at some point. We have to call that number. <laughs> well, let's see, over some more Patreon uh, money to pay for our long-distance phone calls. That's what I don't understand. It's like there are no long distance phone calls from a cell phone. Like I don't even understand why it's like. like How are they even making money? <laughs> right. I wonder if like you call and then it co- like pops up like. Enter your credit card information. Enter your PayPal. <laughs> we can do it. What's so? What's the thing called? The Team Power Pin. Team Power. Team Power. Oh, that explains all these really weird results I got from <laughs> Teen Power Pin. <laughs> Okay, Tyler, I found on card, rare, Nintendo Power Magazine, Team Power promo, metal badge pin. Mm-hmm. Silver a- or bronze? Um, It doesn't say. Because mm. uh, if you get a two-year subscription, you get a silver one. It looks like it's nickel. Okay, that's for- <laughs> you're free nickel pin. <laughs> How much do you think it, oh, here, I see a photo of the, of the bronze one. This is definitely the silver one. How much do you think it is for buy it now? 30 bucks. Actual retail value of the Nintendo Power Magazine Team Power promo metal badge pin at the time of this recording on eBay is $8.99. All right. That's doable. We're probably going to have to get those. Here's a cheaper one, $6.99. These are all silver. Ooh, yellow and gold for $10.99. Yeah, these are cheap. Also, if you're interested in a 2010 Vancouver Olympic Team Canada power skating ice pin, I know where I can hook you up for $3.99. <laughs> so, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Fate of Two Worlds is a tiny comic that Drew sent us. I'm interested in these two as well. This is a Maximo comic, which is straight up ghosts and goblins. And it looks like in the very first page, um, in the, the bottom panel, looks like there's Naruto. <laughs> Check that out. I'm sure they didn't get sued over that. Holy shit, it is. <laughs> like down to the I leaf know. headband. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Who's the who? Who's the artist on this? I say that thing, like expecting I would actually know who draws Naruto. Kishi, Kishimoto? Oh, well, I don't see it. Well, no, wait a minute. There's no way it's the same person, right? I wouldn't think so. No, these are all English names. Uh, and then the final comic. This is a Marvel comic. You might have heard of them. Marvel. I'm Mar- sure, Marvel? I'm sure this is the next Marvel Studios <laughs> um, MCU release. Double Dragon. This is a Double Dragon number one. Oh, Tyler. nice. This is, holy shit, look at this ad. On page seven, you're in for the time of your life. Dungeons and Dragons game. Oh, man. (laughs) Perilous journeys and heroic adventures. Nice. 1991. Very cool. Oh, I recognize that name. The editor is a co-creator of Deadpool. (laughs) So I wonder if Deadpool makes an appearance in the Double Dragon comic. That'd be pretty sweet. Thank you very much, Drew. That is very awesome. Yes, Drew. Thank you. And thank you for the very nice note. And um, I'll have to check out your podcast, um, which I assume is just Drew VG. Uh, if it's not, I'll tweet at you 
and find out what it is. Or you can tweet at us. You're probably listening. Maybe. Maybe still. Unless we haven't, yeah. <laughs> Scared you <laughs> off yet. <laughs> you hear that, Dave? I do hear that. That, uh, we'll see. What am I going to... What have we done so far that I could make a noise about? Uh, well, we, we rifled through some comics. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do a good impression of, of Time Lord Josh Edwards taking, taking calls. Yes, um, in the 415 area code. Uh, Bay Bay's World? Um, <laughs> the, 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 the sequel to Bay Bay's Kids, Bay Bay's World. World, which is just a reskin of Super Mario World. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2 reskin is Bay Bay's World, where you each of the kids all have different abilities. Yeah. All right, I'm down. I'm down. You had me at Super Mario Brothers 2. I do hear that long-distance <laughs> phone call that we're making, uh, which, of course, ushers in a segment that we like to call Dave Reads on Wikipedia. Yeah. In just a moment of typing furiously. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Street Fighter, colon, the movie, parentheses, console video game. Uh, this article is about the PlayStation and Sega Saturn version of the Street Fighter, the movie video game. For the arcade game based on the same film, see Street Fighter, the movie, arcade game. Street Fighter, colon, the movie, Tyler, released in Japan as Street Fighter, real battle on film. <laughs> All right, that's appropriate. Uh-huh is a head-to-head fighting game released for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn in 1995. The game is based on the 1994 live-action Street Fighter movie and uses digitized images of the film's cast, posing as the characters in the game. While it shares its title with the arcade game Street Fighter colon the movie, the home version is not a port, but a similar game developed on the same premise. Uh, the home version was developed and published by Capcom in Japan and released in North America, Europe, and Australia by Acclaim. Uh, I can go into gameplay if you would like. Nah. Okay. Nah. Although I will save reception for the end. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, this game... Well, let's start with the movie, first of all. The movie is just like... The movie itself is pretty bad. I wanted to rewatch the movie, yeah, but I did not want to pay three dollars to rent it. That was my only option. Um, I saw it as a kid in middle school mm-hmm. at a guy's birthday party, and I remember being confused <laughs> because I mean the movie the movie itself is not nearly anything as fascinating as the background to the movie, like all the production process, everything that went into this movie is just like endlessly fascinating and what just a horrible clusterfuck it was it makes you appreciate or at least it made me appreciate like what all has to happen for a movie to be made (laughs) because it seems like the story for street fighter the movie is like at every possible point of failure um, there was a failure. <laughs> yeah. Like at every single turn, it was just like, no, I'm sorry. God does not want this movie to happen. <laughs> the, I mean, the only thing that I guess, I mean, Raul, if Raul Julia had died during production, that's the only thing that could have went wrong that didn't go wrong. Yeah. Well, he was um, recovering from stomach cancer mm-hmm. during the filming of the movie. So, um, I mean, he wasn't, qu- he didn't quite die. Yeah. He, 
You wait till six weeks after it, after the movie <laughs> dropped. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a bummer. I say waited like he was like I'm yeah. holding out. It's oh, gonna see this movie. Maybe it's good. <laughs> oh, it's not good. But the the first time I'd ever even heard of it was I was in the third grade, and after spring break, everybody had to come and do an oral report about what they'd done over spring break. Oh man! And oh man, this is good. It was Cockmaster Ashley Shake who got up and for spring break, I went and saw <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life: Street Fighter the movie. It was absolutely amazing. Every minute of it, it made my spring break. I can't quit thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, that sounds pretty good. Did you get to see it? Did your parents allow you to see it? No. No. I. Uh, my parents did not enjoy movies very much. Right, I remember. So, yeah, yeah like, got we, we wanted to go see Less than five movies ever. Jeez. So this this didn't make the cut, the same cut that Captain Ron did. So <laughs> uh, I was curious at first before I uh, forgot about your family's relationship with movies when mm-hmm. you were a child and music <laughs> and music, um, <laughs> just pop culture in general. Yeah, I mean, video games were all I had. <laughs> <laughs> and barely had that. Right. Yeah, it's true. That was that was a struggle. Books were always okay. Yeah, well, that's but, good. Yeah, uh, I was curious if they didn't want you to see it because of the rating, because there's an interesting story behind the rating to Street Fighter the movie. Um, it is PG-13, mm-hmm. and it was when it was one of the many hurdles that this movie went through uh, before release was the MPAA rating, and the director had written. For like Running Man, uh, a bunch of Schwarzenegger movies. Um, he'd done big action blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, he'd written them. I think this is his first time directing, which I would say probably that shows. <laughs> 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 but um, just directing a cast of like 40 different characters. Yeah. Is fine. <laughs> so he knew how to write a PG 13 movie, like, and that's what they were aiming for. So that's what he. That's what he directed. He directed a PG-13 movie, so he thought. Um, the MPAA thought that there was too much blood in it for it to be PG-13, so they gave it an R rating. Man, there's no way this movie should have been rated R. That makes no sense this movie would have been rated R. So, to get around it, what they did was cut a bunch of stuff from the movie that had blood in it because they didn't have time to shoot because this movie, like, this movie wrapped... After deadline, and then they had to do a week extra of shooting um, in, like, Vancouver just to finish it up. Um, so they had no time to reshoot anything, so they just they just edited the hell out of the movie. So they took out, like, snippets here and there where, like, Guile has a bloody lip. They just, like, tried to eliminate as much blood as they possibly could in the movie. Yeah. And then they resubmitted it to the MPAA, and they turned back and gave it a G rating. <laughs> and uh, they didn't want a G rating. They wanted a PG-13 rating. I don't know why. I guess it's they're playing a game, right, where it's like, oh, well, our demographic, more people in our demographic will see the movie if it's PG-13. So <laughs> Street Fighter the movie, general audience. <laughs> That's why there is a throwaway line um, 
supposedly, like I said, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, but there's a line where um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, a.k.a. Guile, mm-hmm. is crawling through ducks and not ducks, not the animals, quack, quack, but, <laughs> but like, vin- like ventilation ducks. <laughs> Van Bice at least the <laughs> army of ducks and Guile has to army crawl through their legs. <laughs> so he's not noticed. He just like dresses up in his bread suit. <laughs> <laughs> which is just like AstroTurf on the back with just like bits of bread. Just bunny bread. He just army crawls through. That's a scene out of Hot Shots. That's, that's <laughs> like... Is there a Hot Shots game? I, I wish there, there was. Better, there better be. And that and a um, UHF game. I oh, like both of those. Oh, a UHF game? <laughs> yes, please. Um, so while he's crawling through the ducts, there is a line that he says which is um, a very buddy cop movie line. He does say, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. They put in the word shit so that they would get a PG-13 rating. That's all, that's all that they did. Man, so is it Kevin Smith who writes about just how fucked up the MPAA is? Yeah, he, um, he has had many a battle at the MPAA. And that, like... Unless you're like already a powerful like director, they usually won't even tell you why they gave you the rating that they did. Like, who was he working with? Like, he was producing something, submitted it, they gave it a, a, a rating. He was like, okay, well, what can I cut to get it down? And they refuse to tell him. They're like, we don't, we cannot tell you that, whatever. And then the next up, he worked with another like bigger director. Director just called somebody. Oh, well, at this minute, this this scene, this minute, this scene, and it's just. And going from R to G, oh, God, man, that's so, oh, that's so fucked up. Supposedly, I, I just heard this on one of Kevin Smith's podcasts. Um, he, his most recent movie, Yoga Hosers, uh, he wanted to contest the rating from the MPAA. Um, and he has contested so many ratings and overturned them mm-hmm. that um, when he... He had a date set to contest it and everything. He got a call, he said, I think three days prior that said we just lowered the rating. <laughs> they Good. just All they right. just did it. They like didn't even want to bother like him like having him come in uh to contest it. And he said that he thinks it's because he almost holds the record for overturned uh movie ratings. Uh. And he I don't know if he was joking or not when he said it, but he said that he thinks that they might just not want him to have the record. Man, God. Oh God, it's so fucked up. Oh, it's so fucked up. It just it it, it frustrates me thinking about it. Yeah. How just oh man. So Street Fighter the movie. It's land before time, essentially, with the word shit thrown in it. Because <laughs> my parents never really the only time they ever gave me a hard time about going to see a rating based on the rating, like Half-Baked, my mom threw a fit about me seeing. The alternative was Titanic, which she didn't want me to see that either because of the nude scene. Yeah, I was about to say, that has a dirty titty in it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I don't know if I've talked about this before, like, because Brainy Gatsby was obsessed with Titanic. She bought the the dual VHS tapes the day it came out. I remember that dual yeah. VHS set. <laughs> and, like, she bought it, and she had it. She was going to have people over that night from school to come over and watch it. And she, she went to class, went to school, came back, had friends over, popped it in, they watched it. When it gets to the nude scene, suddenly it skips through it. 
And while she'd been at school, her dad no, had went no. in and passed <laughs> over the nude scene. What did he put in there? I don't think. I think he just blanked it out. It'd be great if it was just him, like, staring at a camera in a dark room, <laughs> just describing, just <laughs> describing the scene. There's a boob here. <laughs> None of you are married to that woman. Yeah. You cannot see it. Uh, in this scene, Leonardo DiCaprio paints this woman like one of his French girls, and then it just picks right back up. <laughs> and let's God, see. That's great. I love that. I love that. Because <laughs> remember I asked her, like, how do you do that? I don't know. I still don't know how we did that. <laughs> we didn't have like any anything to like do that on. Like <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's weird. There's like just five seconds of Joe versus the volcano in the middle of Titanic. <laughs> it's the scene in that Garfield movie where he cruises into the volcano, <laughs> then he goes back to the rest of Titanic. Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> uh, so I remember, yeah, it was, what was it? I think it was a church youth trip even at that. And then when Brennan and I snuck in to see Dogma, like my dad kind of hassled us about that a little bit. Oh, he found out about it? Well, because you notice we walked out on the different side of the theater from the movie we were supposed mm. to see. So what did you guys see? Uh, I forget what it was. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> and he asked us like separately, and we said totally different things. He was a little miffed, but he was fine about it. And apparently, like the Catholic Church has gone out of its way to try and suppress dogma. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I did not know that. I re- saw that on Reddit the other oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a huge dogma was a huge deal when it came out mm. because that um, that was a big controversy. I remember I didn't see it in the theater because I was probably like a freshman in high school when it came mm-hmm. out or sophomore in high school, something like that. So, um, and honestly, I wasn't even I hadn't even been turned on to Kevin Smith yet because um, that was like something that Burger Bottom John Turley. Uh, showed me when I worked at Apex. And I was like, no, I don't know what this Kevin Smith guy is all about. Um, and then, yeah, I watched I watched all of his movies in reverse order. Because I, I watched Dogma, <laughs> then Chasing Amy, then Mall Rats, then Clerks. <laughs> mm. Let's see, what else about... about <laughs> anything that comes to mind about how awful the game was? Or Capcom knew nothing about the movie-making process and just had a strange list of demands? Yeah, they wanted they wanted the full roster. Of Street Fighter characters in the movie, <laughs> and like there is, there is a great article. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. I want to mention this article that you've mentioned on the show before, yeah. Tyler, a long time ago in a previous episode. Um, there's a Polygon article written by Chris Plant that is an amazing read. It is a wonderful read. It is long. If you have time, though, and you're interested in the atrocities of the Street Fighter movie, (laughs) you need to read this. I will have a link to this in the show notes um, because it goes over all of this stuff um, through interviews with um, actors, interviews with um, the stunt coordinator. It's a really, really good... It is, I think, the best thing I've ever read on Polygon. Yeah. Um, just how in depth it is. Like I read it and I was like, "This is this is journalism. This is fucking journalism right here." Um, but so many things went crazy with this movie, and one of the things is what you were talking about. Capcom wanted their full fucking roster of Street Fighter <laughs> characters in this movie. In a ninety-minute movie, they wanted all of their characters, um, and so the director he convinced them to do seven because he said. Um, he asked them to name all the seven dwarves and they couldn't. 
And he said, people can only remember up to seven characters. He said, that's the maximum. There's seven, there's seven uh, wonders of the world. There's seven dwarves. There's seven samurai. He went on this whole like seven thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, all right, we're on board. Seven. We'll do seven characters. We'll pick seven characters. And they did that. And then while in production, they wanted to add two more. <laughs> and so he was apparently so exhausted from like, um, trying to get everyone cast because he can't like the day before they're supposed to shoot, he cast um, Cammy, the the actress to play Cammy, which mm. is what uh, Kylie, Kylie Minogue. Thank you, because uh, she's uh, the local Australian pop star. Like right, yeah. So in the middle of production, they want to add two characters, and he's so exhausted from like trying to get everything else to work. He says okay, and then later in production, like oh, we need two more characters. Uh, to where the it got to the point where I think uh, I think they had twelve total, so uh, the Chris Plant talks about you know, uh, the director doing the math. It's like okay, well, twelve characters in a ninety minute movie. Uh, if each character has their own little spotlight, uh, we're up to like I don't know how I can't do math, but we're we don't have much time. <laughs> is my, my fucking point uh, to to spend on each character? So it's um it sounded like a pretty cool movie to make. Seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Because what they combine Ryu and Ken, like all their scenes are together. So yes. all right, go ahead and clump them together. Yeah. And they're pretty terrible. But like I yeah. know the yeah. was the, oh, Capcom originally wanted a different Ryu, very insistent upon uh, with this actor. Yeah. And yeah, he had been in a couple commercials in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the casting had already been locked in, so then they created a, a brand new character for him. Named Sawada. Uh, let's see. Ryu and Ken are arms dealers. Well, Ken <laughs> is a con man. In, well, in the, yeah, in the movie, <laughs> in the game, Ken is a con man oh. whose job is to swindle street games. Right. That's not what he was in the movie. Uh, he, was, said he was just an arms, an arms dealer, dealer in the movie. So, so he and Ryu sell Sagat um, a bunch of Nerf guns that look like real guns. And they're very upset with them for this. And then, of course, so Ken and Ken and Ryu are the Cheech and Chong, essentially. <laughs> They're the Jay and Silent Bob of the Street Fighter movie, is yeah. what you're saying. Well, then you've also got the uh, the journalism team that is Chun Li, oh Balrog, God. and Eon Balrog. <laughs> Balrog, just a just a nice guy. Just they're all in the, the news van together and all sorts of shit. And then, of course, they all they try to stay strangely faithful to like. This, the sets in the game and the costume design. And so all that is pretty spot on. Uh, no special moves in the movie. There are, mm. but they're really not well done. Yeah. Because there's... Oh, because Ken does the Shoryuken. So, sort, sort of. of. Where he, he does, does an as, uppercut and then he twirls. He does it as good as I could. <laughs> Just as... I don't know. I might be able to do it better than he did. <laughs> you probably could. Um, they talk about in that article that we mentioned earlier, um, which is entitled Street Fighter colon the movie What Went Wrong uh, by Chris Plant. Check it out. Um, they talk about how the stunt, the stunt team was so busy directing half of the movie. The stunt coordinator was directing half of the movie because they got... <laughs> 10 days behind because the whole cast of the movie was addicted to uh, the Thailand massage parlors. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
Because like John Va- John Claude Van Damme apparently was just a drug addled mess the whole time, like just fucking Kylie Minogue and then in <laughs> Taiwan or Ty whores. Yeah, Masa- they're masseuses. Masseuse, Tyler. yeah, massage parlors. <laughs> so the stunt coordinator had to direct half of the movie. Um, so because he was busy directing. He was not busy coordinating stunts. Mm-hmm. So the actors. And none of them were trained or no. knew how to do stunts or done anything at all. <laughs> there is a scene where I think it's. Uh, this is based on the article. Like, once again, I did not watch this movie recently. But the guy who I think played Ken talks about, like, he was supposed to do this flourish or something with a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in the middle of lunch and he got the. Uh, the update that, hey, your sword scene is coming up right after lunch. And he freaked out because no one had taught him how to do the thing with the sword. (laughs) All of the stunt team was occupied. So he spoke to a guy on set who had some martial arts training. And in half an hour, this random guy taught him (laughs) how to use a sword, uh, to which he, the actor claims uh, he calls it himself controlled flailing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because what else is going to say about this awful, awful... Oh, even as a kid, I remember like, why is Jean-Claude Van Damme playing Guile? Why, is, why isn't an American playing like the, the super... The super American? I know. Like... I know. It's like... I know. It's like a foreign actor playing Captain America. I, well, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah, I get that. For some reason, when you said Captain America, my brain interpreted it as Captain Planet. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I Tyler. think we all know Captain Planet is American. <laughs> I don't see the mullet flying in the other countries. <laughs> maybe Russia. Maybe. Maybe Russia. Maybe Australia. Okay. De- well, definitely Australia. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. This movie was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it shows... I remember being um, very angry in middle school because they had conflated Charlie's story with Blanca's story. Oh, my God. Blanca. Oh, my God. And as a – when I was in middle school, and I've mentioned this when we've talked – on Street Fighter episodes, I've mentioned that I – Blanca was the character that I always wanted to be good with Mm -hmm. and never was. And I'm still not good with Blanca. Um so Blanca was like, I was really excited. What looks like Blanca's in this movie. Awesome. He is uh, the worst. He is the worst. It, he is like chemicals are just poured on him. And, mm-hmm. and Charlie. It looks like different flavors of Gatorade yeah. <laughs> are infused into him. And Charlie uh, turns into Blanca. That's, that's the mm-hmm. story there. Um, who is a really, really horrible looking uh, prosthetic mess. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's very bad. It's, it's very, very very bad. It's not well done. Like it's oh, it is it is B horror movie. Like it's a trauma quality. movie essentially. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You're right. You're 100 percent right. It's like trauma blanca. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> Actually, he looks worse than the Toxic Avenger, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> he looks kind of like he kind of looks like. When you saw him, you mentioned Carrot Top, and kudos to that, because he does look, to me, he looks like if Stephen Wright and Carrot Top had a baby, 
That's what that is what Blanca in the movie looks like. Because yeah, he he is green in the movie, but he is flesh tone in the game, which it looks yeah. like you're fighting with Carrot Top in Juggalo shorts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Speak of Juggalo shorts, holy shit! Where did they get all this camo in 1995? And why is it blue? <laughs> What of what use is blue camouflage in in the green jungle? Well, the the Tyler the Shadowloo jungle is blue, as you know. Because <laughs> what? Oh, and because the director said he intended it for the movie to be funny. It was supposed to be a tongue in cheek Street Fighter movie, so it comes off like I guess just the writing and the acting. It all just comes together where you. You almost don't get that it's supposed to be funny. It just comes off as bad. bad. It does. Because it's so poorly made, yeah. it does. It comes off as unintentionally funny. Yeah. While the director claims that it was intentionally funny. And and I can see that. Like I can see that it was written to be funny, mm-hmm. but it is but the man, the way it's acted and the way it's produced, it does just seem like the things that are supposed to be funny are not funny. And the things that are not supposed to be funny are funny. So yeah. it's like everything is just flipped. <laughs> because at one point they get in uh, get in stealth boats to go to M. Bison's fortress. And the stealth boat just has Lieutenant Colonel Guile <laughs> just blazing across the side of it. So, okay, that, if that's supposed to be funny, I get that, but it's... It also just seems like it's just bad direction. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Jean-Claude Van Tam does have a strong accent. Yeah. But in, like, Bloodsport, I could I could understand him. Which I've never seen. I guess I need to. Oh, man, yeah, Bloodsport's good. But, and then, in the Street Fighter, clearly he is fucked up in so many of these scenes because he just sounds like he's talking gibberish. His accent is not that strong. He is clearly, it's like he's... Taken, he's like he's taken Ambien and he's trying to act. Well, he was like in the throes of a cocaine addiction while this movie is being uh-huh. filmed. Uh, there is a really funny story in the article that talks about um, he, since English is not his first language, um, he, the director asked, "Do you need to like? Do we need tr- to do line training?" Which mm-hmm. I guess is a thing that you do to make sure that a non native speaker uh, understands the lines and can deliver the lines um, correctly. Uh, And he said, no, that he had already gone over them with his wife and he refused to do them. He refused to do them. And then on his wife, while he was having some of the Kylie Minogue all over the set. (laughs) And that's not even allegedly that is like (laughs) in an interview. Like like, he said it. Yeah. (laughs) Like something about like, while he was in Thailand, Kylie Minogue was spreading her thighs for him or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was no secret. <laughs> so, um, it was right. He didn't have time. He was, he didn't have time. He was drugged out, um, having sex with, um, uh, a beautiful Australian woman. And, uh, so there's this elaborate scene where they have to rig all the actors up on harnesses. They've got blood packs. Like it is a whole setup. It's a huge setup. And he, uh, John Claude Van Damme has to deliver a line that says something along the lines of like, um, we'll, or I'll get to you later. 
I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, so he delivers the line. All the actors jump uh, up on their harnesses. The blood packs go off. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme, not the director, says, cut, 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 cut. Like in the middle of filming. <laughs> they land. They're like, what is wrong? He said, I delivered the line wrong. I said, I'll catch up or I'll, I'll see you guys ladder. Like L A D D E R, <laughs> and he's like, "We got to reset. We have to reset." <laughs> so they start resetting. They start like they clean up all the the fake blood. They reset the packs. They set them. They get them on. They strap them back on the actors. They get the actors back on their harnesses. They bring. They lift the actors back up on t- to the <laughs> elevated positions. <laughs> Meanwhile, the director has time to review the footage. Uh, Turns out he delivered the line correctly, but they figure we've already got it set up. We might as well just fucking film it again, just in case. <laughs> and they all they film it again, and this time Jean Claude Van Damme says "ladder." <laughs> <laughs> I read it, man, and I was like, "That is like a tadpog moment, almost." <laughs> it's like he's trying to prank call Phil Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird because now that I've read like all the like horrible things that like this mo- the making of the movie, uh, like all the things that the director had to go through, it makes me want to watch the movie again. And like I'm curious if I'll have like with, I'm gonna watch it with his commentary, which uh, supposedly yeah. he recorded commentary before the movie was released. Yeah, that is that's the quote unquote proof that this was it's written to, to be, be funny. funny. Let's watch it with the commentary. We, okay. Yeah, we surely we can find a copy online. I bet we can. Yeah. And uh, my although my favorite Kylie Minogue moment I've ever seen is not this movie, but when she was on SNL, she was let's see Ian McKellum hosted SNL with Kylie Minogue as the musical host, and I mean everybody knows Ian McKellum is gay, and during Kylie Minogue's because she's a She's, I feel like she's fairly popular in the U.S. She's much bigger in Japan as a pop star. Uh, but she's, I remember the last time I saw her, this was years ago, and she was in her 40s then and looked like she was in her late 20s. She looks good. Yeah. But she's doing her SNL performance, and you see the camera just pans over just slightly to the side of the stage. And Ian McKellen is just jamming out so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, until I started doing research for this, episode i did not know that she was a pop star <laughs> i didn't so like what is what kind of music is it uh it's very like britney spears she's oh, an Aguilera okay. in the 90s kind of stuff really yeah okay does she still do it i i haven't known her to have a hit in such a long time I, what was like what's the song that she did that i might know i can't I, her last hit was like the first time i'd ever really heard of her and i was shocked when i heard like how old that was she Cammie? was. Yeah, that's, oh, man. That, Jean-Claude Van Damme slam piece from Street Fighter? Really? Okay. Oh, is Smash Bowl? <laughs> I can't remember what her what her song, her last big hit was. Yeah. I would know it if I heard it, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It, it was the song that. that Magneto was jamming out to, though. So, <laughs> so the game? You want to talk about the game, the game? now? Yep. talk about the game a little bit? <laughs> It, I mean, it plays very similar to like Street Fighter 2. Like everyone has their exact same moveset. Like you were able to sit down and pick up and 
control Ryu and Ken like yeah, normally all, could. The moves are all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. I do like that because it was there was no real learning curve to it as far as like that goes. Yeah. But okay, well one cuz it's done the the live action video like shots of them in in the actual game. And that is it does not translate well. It looks so weird that they're in these frozen poses walking back and forth and these moving into these strange animations when they get hit like I yeah. guess it's fine for those weird frozen poses when it's animated, but watching a real life person do that is just very strange, especially Ken. Oh my god, Ken is hilarious. <laughs> just to give just to give the listener a point of reference, if you're not familiar with the game, which I hope that you're not familiar with the game. <laughs> um this is this okay, Street Fighter the movie for Sega Saturn is essentially Street Fighter 2 turbo done as a mortal Kombat game it really is You're right. because it's like it is it plays like a street fighter game but it looks like a mortal Kombat game because everyone's motion capped uh everyone is uh photo realistic <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean it looks like they took the actors from the movie set them up in mo- mocap which really i'm sure it is just the actors heads that they've superimposed onto these yeah. bodies. Uh, one of them is extremely obvious. I was laughing my ass off the other night when I was playing uh, uh, with Ryan. Uh, I, I think it was Vega, where it was just straight up like his, the <laughs> color of his body and the color of his face is just like, whoa, like <laughs> a huge difference. It's like it is obviously like just two di- two different dudes. And it's like if you look closely, you can see like where the head was like just kind of clipped off and just <laughs> bloop, put right on top. But yes, Ken is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> All of them are because yeah. they don't look anything like they do in, oh. and when they're animated. For the most part, the casting is just bad it is like bad. i don't see the parallel like okay chun li i feel like is solid and vegas vegas pretty solid sure. for the most part um who else zangief is good zangief is good but see what's what hurts this what hurts the game is that most people are kind of the same size you know they're like yeah. within the same realm of one another while in like the Street Fighter games, Zangief is huge. Like he is mm-hmm. impossibly large. Like he he would had to have been like the mountain from the Game of Thrones is the only person who could have like done that justice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Even if that. Yeah. Um. So like in this game, there's not that much of a difference, and I'm assuming in the movie there's not much that uh, m- that much difference as well. Um. Just because most people are kind of within a foot. Of each other in yeah. size. And Balrog, the actor who plays Balrog, looks more like Little Max Trainer than he actually does Balrog. <laughs> uh, if you want to see... They make a funny hand job joke between Balrog and E-Honda, who are buddies. So. Um, there's some, there's a joke in there about 100 hands slap. I just don't know what it is. Um, and, the, well, whenever you go to the character select screen, yeah. that it looks like they had each of them, each of the actual actors do, like, a pose <laughs> for their yeah. being chosen. like, And it's still, they're still behind, like, a blue screen. Yeah. Oh, like there's it's no... Like, minimal effort. No production. And, oh, even all the poses are bad. And, like, them saying their names. Yeah. Like, that's just, that is awful. That's 
intelligible gibberish. So I just remember what, because strangely enough, I had no idea until you told me that Akuma is actually a playable character in this, which he's not in the movie. He's You have to enter a code to play as him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in the movie? No. Okay. I didn't think that he was, but I was confused because he was in the game. Because it, the, I mean, his story, I don't know what they would have done because they were planning to do a sequel. Yeah. I don't know how they would have wedged Akuma in because Ken and Ryu have nothing to do with what their actual storyline is in the game. No, 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 no. So how Akuma no. fits in, I don't fucking know. And they're not <laughs> even like their characters. No. Like, I mean, that is probably like, that is a really disappointing point of the game or of the movie where it's like, Ken and Ryu are like, they're pretty big deals as far as like Street Fighter mm-hmm. goes, right? I mean, like Ryu is the it, poster child yeah, of the game. The main character of the original Street Fighter. Like, yeah, he should have been the main character well, and not why Guile. Why Guile? Yeah. From what I understand, I, this is just a guess, but I do know that Capcom said that they wanted a Hollywood action movie. So maybe that's why they chose the American character because they wanted to give it like a Hollywood style, mm-hmm. like a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, it's a bad call, I think, because <laughs> Ryu is the fucking heart and soul of Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. That's what, that is what's cool about Street Fighter is you got a guy uh, who trains uh, and can throw Hadoukens and then he's got... Uh, it turns out there's another guy training, and then there's another guy training, and then there's another guy training, and then there's a girl who wants to train. <laughs> so, I mean, when I say it, it doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> it sounds pretty fucking sexist when I say it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of them's a teenage girl who's a, who has a crush on, on Ryan. It's, it's fine. It's a thing. Um, speaking of Balrog, because you mentioned you mentioned mm-hmm. Balrog looking like Little Max Trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you want to see a a better representation of Balrog. I think we might have mentioned this video a long time ago. There is an excellent video called Street Fighter Balrog colon Behind the Glory, which is an amazing uh, video that is interviewing Balrog's dad about <laughs> about Balrog. And it's like done in this like really touching documentary style. If you have not seen it, I will have this in the show notes. You do need to watch it because it is very, very good. It is it is hilarious. Um, also, who did those? Um, who did those Street Fighter shorts? Was that? Oh was, man, was it? Col- it wasn't it College might, Humor, was it? It might have been. I think it was College Humor, like Street Fighter the after the after, the after years. years. Yeah, when they finally finished that, that was that was so good. That was. Man, that was cast better than this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And it had better <laughs> effects. Now, granted, I know it was like, what? It's 10, 10, at least years, 10 years later, later. But still, yeah. it did not cost them $35 million <laughs> to, to make the Street Fighter mm. after years, I'm assuming. Yeah. Cause that, and Street or the Fighter, later years. I'm sorry. Sh- Street Fighter colon the later years. <laughs> Link to that in the show notes. <laughs> And the movie, like the movie, still made a profit. It still made like a thirty-three million dollar profit. I think it did really well worldwide. Uh, domestically, it almost broke the record for uh, ticket drop from Friday to Saturday. <laughs> it, yeah, it uh, it was it's it, the second highest. I do not know what the first oh, the first man. is, but worldwide, it did very well. Um, it made money. Because I think worldwide it did like 125 million or something like that. 
but it did not do it did not do super well here domestically mm. here in America. I shouldn't say here. It's also sad, like because man, Raw Julia does a really good job in the movie, and like he did research on like he tried to portray he did a lot of research on Mussolini trying to portray Bison. So he does a very very good job in the in the acting, but yeah, the movie still like you don't really see many fights in it. I think the first fight is like an hour and twelve minutes into the movie with guy. It's Guile and Bison. Yeah, because you you just see just short action scenes before then. But that bugged me as a kid too because it's like there's just a lot of shooting in the movie. I remember that. <laughs> I remember like a lot of a lot of just firing of guns and throwing of grenades, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I like that stuff, mm-hmm. especially as a kid. I love that stuff. But this is a Street Fighter movie, and I want to see fighting. Fighting. The stunt coordinator was like, "No, you, you guys are gonna kill yourselves. Just, just shoot guns and throw grenades." Do you want to know the reason? Yes. Because you're gonna love this. Capcom. I'm just, just gonna throw that out there. Capcom kind of comes off. Like when all the dust settles, Capcom's Capcom comes off as being opportunists mm-hmm. uh, because and this was when Capcom was considered good. Yeah, <laughs> because they wanted this movie made, uh, and they and they knew how they wanted to do it, and they knew the roster that they wanted, and they were going to go along with it. Uh, oh yeah, well, sure we'll compromise and then sneak everything in later, later, later as it goes. Not only that, uh, this movie. They, Capcom had a deal with the maker of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, uh, the, the G.I. Joe toys were not selling well when this movie came out. So there's a time in the 90s where G.I. Joe wasn't doing so well and they wanted to pick up the sales. So they licensed Street Fighter. And because of that, Capcom was like, hey, we need to have some kind of like G.I. Joe kind of stuff in this movie. So that we can market mm. the toys that we're going to release uh, on Black Friday before the movie or after <laughs> the movie releases. So that is why we have that stealth that stealth boat. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, um, is a reskinned GI Joe toy. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense with guile and on the camouflage. Uh-huh. Oh man! Yeah. So Ooh. there's a little it. The world sucks when you understand like how like why decisions were made and it's like has nothing to do with like artistic integrity or anything like or telling a good story even. It's just about fucking selling video games and toys. <laughs> and then cause the game, of course, well, there's movie the movie mode. Yeah, there's there's three different modes because there's movie mode. There's um there's movie battle I think it's called street battle and then versus battle. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to play versus battle because we do only have one Saturn <laughs> controller. Yep. But we did the thing where Joe, we know you're collecting 16 for Bomberman. Yeah. So go ahead, just just send us one. <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks. So we did the big brother little brother thing where mm-hmm. we just passed the controller back and forth. Well, we got frustrated. Your turn. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> See if you could do this. So we tr- we started with m- movie battle, mm-hmm. which is a weird mode where you do not get to choose who you play. Yeah, <laughs> you're assigned. It, it'd be good for Jacob because Jacob mainlines Guile, so he would have been totally fine. That's all you get to play. As, yes, is Guile <laughs> because he is the main character in the movie. So you got to play through the game 
this mode as Guile. So if you don't like Guile, if you're not good with Guile, <laughs> too fucking bad. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. It is, because in between each battle, a Cammy... Uh, there's a gif of Cammy in this oh, so bad. <laughs> in this video trans- this transmission where she's like, "All right, well, there's the entrance to Bison's hideout, but there's also a road. Which would you like to check out?" And then there's a menu, and you choose Bison's hideout or that road. <laughs> <laughs> where should we go? Uh, to the ship or to the black market? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was when it asked you, "How do you want to get to the hideout?" The secret stealth boat or the truck? Because <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, everybody that you find, like, you have to fight him. You find yeah. you find Ken out by the oh. shipyard, and he's trying to con some more street gangs, and he he won't talk to you unless you beat him first. Yeah. And then the same for same Ryu. Same yeah. You watch, you broke me out of prison, so I should give you information? Come get it. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> okay. I get it. They wouldn't have a game if if not for that. Mm-hmm. But but come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Well, the difficulty curve or the spike in difficulty is pretty nuts because I feel like this is I feel like in a sure all the characters had their same moves, but they're all basically the same speed. See, I was curious if that was an illusion. Like, because they're all kind of the same size, but Mm -hmm. I do think you're right. I honestly do think that they're all roughly the same speed. Like, Zangief, obviously, I think is the the biggest problem as far as speed goes, because Mm -hmm. Zangief is very strong. Like, his. Oh my God. He is the the strongest character in the game. And he is strong in Street Fighter 2, in Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Mm -hmm. He is strong, but that's countered by him being. Slow. Mm-hmm. He is a little slower in this game, but not enough. Not enough to make a difference. No. Yeah, because you can't successfully. I mean, you you can't successfully kite him. That's nope. that's not going to happen. And he will if he hits you four times. That's it. Yeah, like we counted. It's like, like yeah, if he yeah. gets you four times, you're you're done. I played it as Akuma. Akuma is like. I feel like Akuma is meant to be the strongest character. Yeah. His damage is a lot yeah, higher, yeah. and he has all the different moves. Zangief is still stronger than, yeah. than Akuma. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hit for hit, defense, speed, like everything. Yeah. Zangief. God tier. Yeah. God tier. Cannot. And I imagine playing as him is going to be trying to pull off his moves, because his pile drivers and stuff are really complicated. Right. But when you're playing the fucking computer... Like the only time he ever hit me was with these devastating moves. Oh, sure. So it was just like spinning pile driver, quarter of my life. Spin around in the, his circle or whatever with his hands spinning around, like another quarter. And then his final like shadow suplex, dead. Yeah. It's great. It was, oh, because I, I had to beat him by just like, I had to be Akuma. And I had to use like my quick move that has the most reach to have more reach than him. So I could just hit his elbow. Or not his, or ankle. his ankle. I'm That's sorry. his weak spot. Yeah, just his had to ankle. keep hitting just his ankle before he could get to me, fifteen to twenty times. Sweep the to leg, beat Johnny. Him, yeah, to beat him twice in a row. <laughs> uh, my favorite move of yours, uh, because I was gonna say that's pretty cheesy, but you were really, you were really strategic with it. That's how I. That's how I have to play fighting games. I don't. 
I can't do special moves. But it wasn't cheesy <laughs> because like you would mix it up because I was I was I thought it was really funny because it's like you would crouch down and he would get close and you'd do that kick, you'd kick him in the ankle and then you'd jump over him and then kick him on his other ankle and he'd like turn around and you'd jump over him. It was really cool. And it's like I can't really say anything because I couldn't fucking beat him. And I'm using like flash kick and sonic boom. And it's like, nah, I can't win. So because yeah, I beat Zangief is the hardest. Behind him, probably Sagat. Sagat's special moves are fast. Yeah. So I give him that, but like walking speed and dodging speed, just the same. And M. Bison was extremely easy. Compared to Zangief. Yeah. He looked like, very easy. I th- I don't think I lost against M. Bison. I think I lost once or twice against Sagat before I beat him and then just wiped the floor with Bison twice in a row. So the most interesting thing I think about this mode about the movie movie battle mm-hmm. mode is that you have unlimited continues but there is a there is a time limit there's like a 49 yeah. minute time limit you have to beat the game essentially in 49 minutes mm-hmm. uh which, I don't even know how yeah if that's time just right or not yeah it doesn't I don't think that it is I think I don't know if it uses like the the internal Saturn clock or if it uses something else I don't know but I think that's a cool concept. Like that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's an interesting mode. It's almost like it's it's almost like a survival mode, but instead of there being waves, there's just a, a set time. Uh, it, I think it would be cool if it was like if it was kind of like an unlimited mode where it's like you have 50 minutes, just see how many dudes you can beat in that 50 minutes. Uh, I think that would be more fun than trying to do a storyline under a 50 minute constraint. Yeah, because I mean, you were plowing through it until Zangief. Yeah, it gets like it's a, hit a wall. Yeah. yeah, and even once you get over the Zangief wall, then it was dramatically easier. I mean, that was Zangief was by far the hardest part of the whole game. He's he's this game's Goro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other mode is just a simple. They call it what street battle. Yeah, where you just your standard progression through a fighting game. Yeah, you choose your character. And then you have to fight all the other characters. It is long. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have to fight... I think you have to fight the entire roster. Yep. uh, Which is like what? There's probably like 15, Mm -hmm. 15 fighters, something like that. Um, And the battles... I mean, the battles aren't short. And what does not help it is the loading times. Um, That is honestly my biggest complaint about the game uh, is that it takes forever to load. And I'm not 100% sure why. Because it's not, I mean, it looks like, I'm not trying. It's photorealism. <laughs> I'm not trying to slam the game when I say this, but it looks like a Mortal Kombat game on the Genesis. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look that much it better. Doesn't. It's than, not a than, big jump. It must be all the video stuff, but all the, but it, at the, I say that, but then the video stuff is like a character selection and stuff like that. I, I don't understand why it needs to and like. It looks like the 3DO. Like, yeah. All the video doesn't look exceptional. No, no, no. I, I don't, I just don't understand why the, the loading times are what they are. I mean, it was long enough to where we would finish a battle and then the loading screen would come up and you and I, like, we'd just turn to the television and watch a commercial. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I was watching commercials. What's on? A commercial and uh, the uh, Spurs versus yeah. <laughs> someone. Okay. We'll watch this basketball game for, okay, loading's over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how long they were. That's a problem, I yeah. think. And I, I do, honestly, as, as ridiculous and stupid as the game is, I think that is the biggest flaw is the loading screen. Absolutely. 
And then, of course, I beat it as Akuma. I couldn't beat it as anyone else. I needed a powerhouse to get through Zangief and through Sagat. And, of course, he's the bonus character, which the actor they, they dress up to be Akuma is just... It looks like it's an Asian man with a red man bun. Yeah. And yeah. a tattered gi. It's so bad. Yeah. And, of course, I guess he's the bonus character, so he doesn't have an ending. You just see him, turns his back on you, the end. That's it. Yeah. The character design's awful. Mm-hmm. It is. It is awful. And it is, like, it takes one of the... This game takes one of the best things about Street Fighter, uh, which, to me, is the art style, and it just completely throws it away. It just 100% makes it an ugly game. Mm-hmm. They just Mortal Kombat it. It's it's pretty bad cosplay all the way all the way through. It is. That is a really good way of putting it. Uh, Sagat looks like, instead of having like leg wrappings, it looks like he's wearing tube socks, pulled up, and then the feet were cut off. <laughs> Which is probably exactly what the costume was. <laughs> yeah. Who did you say he looked like when we were watching it? He looks like the leader of the free world. He looks like Barack Obama. He looks Obama. like Obama. He looks like Barack Obama. To me, he looks like Barack <laughs> Obama. Uh, with an eye patch. So, I mean, that was cool, I guess. Ryu, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leader of the Shadowloo. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, uh, after I lost my first fight and he hit me with the Affordable Health Care Act, I did not know what to do. <laughs> I was like, Obamacare, Obamacare. <laughs> I was like, Sagat, why did you compromise? I was with you, man. Why did you compromise on this? <laughs> You see the scar? You know I have a pre-existing condition. <laughs> so I appreciate that. However, my premium's really high now. Really high. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because in the movie, like, he's trying to make, what, like, Bisonopolis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bisonopolis. Um, His right-hand man is DJ, of all fucking people. DJ Connor. <laughs> That'd be that'd be great. That would be really good. <laughs> Can someone please go through and edit out DJ from the Street Fighter movie and replace him with DJ Connor, like Forrest Gump style? Well, and then what? T Hawk makes an appearance. Yeah. Which okay, they shorten him from Tomahawk, but of course in the movie, like Guile still calls him. Thank you, T Hawk, in his like <laughs> five second appearance. Wink at the camera. <laughs> that's T Hawk. You put them in the movie for you. There you go, Capcom. Here's your other one. You're welcome. <laughs> He's probably a toy, right? <laughs> mm. My favorite stage in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that is pretty good. Is M. Is M Bison's, uh, I guess, His personal bedroom? quarters. Yeah. Where he has the uh, John Wayne Gacy painting. <laughs> yeah, because he has like what <laughs> it's. It's like a um, a famous painting of uh, that John Wayne Gacy did of like the clown, the sad clown. Only it's repainted to have like M Bison's hat on it, <laughs> which is in the movie. Yeah, we saw that. Uh, so I'm glad that they put it in the game. Uh, apparently, and, and the big painting is the a uh, redone of Napoleon like on a horse. Yeah, and that's redone crossing to be, the Bernard. Yeah, and that's M Bison on the horse. Yeah. And uh, I, I w- would love to have that. Yeah. I would love to have that as a print. That has to exist, right? Surely. 
I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up after after hours. Uh, there's another stage, E-Hondas, where um, there's belly dancing going on, there, uh, which is also like a four-frame gif that just repeats. Uh, so it's like, it's weird because it's like the backgrounds are very similar to the Street Fighter series, you know, where it's just like people in the background, like pumping their fists, and it's like, yeah. that's all they do. But it's so weird in this game because it's like motion captured people. It's not like a cartoon character in the background of like the Chinese market, like on a bicycle. Yeah. It's like, it's like a pudgy dude lying on a prison floor. That guy just like lazily like, go. Yeah. We're all in prison. So we're friends. <laughs> He's all sexy. He's got like his shirt unbuttoned all the way. <laughs> Few yeah. places sexier than a Thai prison. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've said that before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's open up a Palace restaurant. Chat. <laughs> Let's open up a restaurant called Sexy Thai Prison. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll cane you with flavor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So achievements? I do you have achievements? No. I've got some. Okay. I'll, just, I'll try to think of some. All right. First achievement I've got is called, like, un, this is so unoriginal, uh, but it's called Princess Cashmere, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure you remember from the f- season one episode of The Simpsons where Homer almost commits adultery mm-hmm. uh, yep. because there's a belly dancer named Cashmere. Uh, whom he is quite smitten with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to unlock Princess Cashmere, what you need to do is lose on E-Honda's stage uh, because it has belly dancers. You need, to be, you need to succumb to the wiles of the four frames per second animated gif of the belly <laughs> dancer and, and lose your battle uh, versus E-Honda. Uh, my second achievement is called Hamster Style. Uh, and in order to unlock hamster style, you need to get a perfect with Ken on any battle. As long as you get one perfect <laughs> with Ken, you unlock hamster style because the mocap actor for Ken reminds me very much of Ben from Orgasmo. Uh, he, is, he is the smaller dude. Uh, who his kung fu style is hamster style. Uh, he's I can't remember who he plays in uh, basketball, but he's um, oh god I can't remember his name, but he's that guy. Um, and whenever Ken like leaps through the air, just uh, walking, he's got his hands yeah. like his wrists up about at his temples. God, it is ridiculous. And then like whenever you win, he gives like the Japanese. Schoolgirl style V victory, <laughs> like it is uh, pretty damn ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's it is goofy as fuck. And I, this was a legitimate thought that I had when I was playing this game uh, and was fighting Ken. I got my iPad and I looked up the origins of the character Dan from the Street Fighter series because I was like, did they base Dan on? <laughs> Ken from Street Fighter, the movie, the game. They did not, but I but I don't begrudge myself for thinking that they could have possibly done that because the similarities are uncanny. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see. I guess I've got Shadaloo, Shadow Don't. <laughs> and that is just, you get that whenever you defeat M. Bison. And right. then, um, how about how about shadow shadow loser, where you <laughs> lose as M Bison? <laughs> uh, the Real Housewives of Sri Lanka, and that is whenever you beat the game as Akuma because his hair and his outfit, he just looks like one of the Real Housewives. <laughs> Tyler, yes, Dave. I've got a few questions for you today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun recording this episode. I've had a lot of fun playing this game with you. This has been a very enjoyable experience. This has felt like a very season one Tadpog to me, <laughs> where we played the game together, and then we recorded. This has been great. I've really enjoyed this. Good, but, good. but before we close things out, I do have three important questions for you. The first of which, if you were to give this game a beard that sums up how you feel about it, mm-hmm. what kind of beard would it be? I would have to give it the the beard of tears of Raul Julia's family at at his funeral. Oh man! All right. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how how just sad (laughs) how how sad I am about how this game. How sad I am. Uh, I mean, that's creative. <laughs> that is creative. It is a major bummer, but it is creative. <laughs> Tyler, uh-huh. if you were to give this game a pair of glasses, that mm-hmm. sums up how you feel about it. Um, what would it be, and why is it the tear-filled eyes of around <laughs> Julia's children? <laughs> I mean, that also works to double down on that reference. <laughs> Or I could say the, um, like, whenever you're really sick, like, as a kid, when you were super sick, you get that Crusty. bad eye gunk. You can't open yeah. your eyes. Yeah. It's uh, the the hungover coke haze from a, a Thai massage parlor of Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Jean-Claude, like... Congealed cocaine and tears. <laughs> <laughs> he accidentally shot it in his own eye. <laughs> I told you not to move, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> or or the, yeah, the bloodshot eye of Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Kylie Minogue's pink eye. <laughs> We're shocking. We have no idea where Jean-Claude Van Damme came. We have no, no idea. No. We don't want to put anything no. on Kylie Minogue. No. We don't know what she's into. But probably God, in the God, butt. God bless her. It's fine. Probably in the butt. I'm Ho- guessing. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's Cammy's strongest asset. <laughs> Tyler, I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know, how much is this game on Amazon? Mm-hmm. If you were to buy this game right now, used on Amazon, how much do you think you would pay for it? $7.99. $7.99. Tyler, actual retail value of Street Fighter, colon, the movie, the game, used for Sega Saturn on Amazon at the time of this recording is $8.98. Ooh. Very close. Yeah. Very close. You were within the dollar, right? Yeah. You said $7.99? $7.99. Yeah. I call that a win. All right. You get to spin the wheel twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, man. 
I feel like we should take at least one call. Let's take a at call. At least one call. Let's take a call. And that call is from the Nintendo Power Hotline. <laughs> They're calling us back. It's, wouldn't that be so cool if, like, you called the 415 number and it was just, like, a, it was just Josh Edwards' voicemail? <laughs> and you're like, hey, call me back. I got a question about Little Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what you're going to do. Whatever you do, do not talk to Flip the Clown. He, he looks like one of John Wayne Gacy's paintings. <laughs> All right, here is a call. This is from 518, who says, Motherfucking Tadpog, how's it going? My name's Drew, and I'm a big fan of your show. I've been Benjamin buttoning all the episodes, and uh, I'm almost past the 200s, and I gotta tell you, you guys put out a real quality product. You always tell us some great stories, so let me tell you a great story. The great nonfiction of story of how I became familiar with Tadpog. Okay. One day... One Christmas winter's eve, I was walking down the street, and there was a boys' choir. They were singing a beautiful t- song, and what the lyric sounded like was Tadpog. I assumed it was Latin and shrugged it off. The next day, I was reading hentai in the park with a lot of bad looks getting made at me. And I looked at the clouds, and it looked like it spelled Tadpog. And I said, what a strange coincidence. Well, that day later on, I was with my regular prostitute in our regular hotel, and after she gave me my blowy, she said, hey, have you heard this podcast called Tadpog? And I said, I don't pay you for telling me about podcasts. And she said, you don't pay me at all. And we laughed, and I patted her on the head, and left. And that got me thinking. That's the last time so I saw Kylie. Night, I went home and Googled this Tadpog website and came up across a Reddit thread. On the Reddit thread, it said, look in the mirror three times and say the podcast name. And I did that. And the lights went off, and I felt something weird in my bathing suit area when I woke <laughs> up in my bed, but still feeling kind of weird in my bathing suit area. My phone said, hey, you have a podcast to listen to. And ever since, it's been fate. So thanks for all the great contacts, content, and I hope you enjoy the story. And uh, remember, guys, you always got to risk it. To get the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I call my daughter sometimes. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, that's done. <laughs> yeah, because she was six weeks early, and one of the nurses referred to her. Oh, she's in the incubator. She's as warm as a biscuit. So since then, we call her biscuit sometimes. <laughs> but thank you, Drew. Yes. I, I'm assuming it's the same Drew. Who Probably sent this the same in. Drew. We only have two Drew listeners. <laughs> and that was not the other Drew. That wasn't Barbecue Baron Drew Rowland. So thank you, Drew. And you know what I love about that story? It sounded like a really dirty episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> like it sounded like one of those one-off episodes that they do where it's like they see like cl- context clues that don't have, they don't mean anything until later on in the episode where it's like, oh, that's what Tad Pog is. Bad, bad wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thanks for calling, and if you're the same Drew who gave us the wonderful comics, thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad we're making somebody happy. That was nice. That was good. (laughs) Uh, Let's take one more. I think we have time for one more. All right, let's see what we got. Here is a call from 908. Google Translate says something about Tattoo Dog. Motherfucking Tatpog. I think I'm doing that right. Uh, Nailed it. This is Mike. I'm a first-time caller. Nice. Um, I tried at least like 10 times to submit a five-star iTunes review, 
and it's just not going through. Like, I hit submit, and it just doesn't work. I don't know why I give up. I know you guys love it. them, but I just, I don't know why it's not going through. <laughs> but uh, in lieu of that, I thought I'd uh, call. And shadow call. lieu of that. Um, to tell you guys that uh, <laughs> Sorry. I love the podcast. It's great. You guys are amazing. Um, I've listened to it maybe nonstop while I'm doing work for like the last few months. It's great. We've warped um, you. <laughs> I don't really have a question, but I do have a request because I've listened to some older episodes and multiple times you guys have uh, mentioned that you should do the old Simpsons games. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's on the huge eventually list. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to put my vote in and say you guys should do the you guys should do that. Then. <clears throat> Jesus. You guys should do Simpsons games in the near future just because uh, that'd be really good. That'd be really good because a lot of them are Really terrible. Oh, they're awful. And I remember when I was younger, I would like emulated Bart versus the Space Mutants and Bart oh. versus the World oh. and got like 10 <laughs> seconds in. I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. There's weird ones. There's like an itchy and scratchy golf game. Uh, <laughs> you want to dig real deep. There's some real garbage looking Game Boy games. Even some of the newer stuff like Simpsons Skateboarding and Simpsons Wrestling on PlayStation. I wonder that wrestling looked, game. Yeah, the I do worst. Too. But uh, yeah, Simpsons games. You guys should do that. Uh, that is my request. And that's it. Uh, keep up the good work, guys, and I will keep listening. Uh, kudos. Bye. Thank you, Mike. I'm I'm down. I'm down to do a Simpsons series. Yeah, I am too. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. Uh, the games are awful. <laughs> I mean, Bart versus the Space Mutants, I think, is... It was one of the biggest disappointments I had as a child yeah. renting a game because I loved The Simpsons and I I think it was the first Simpsons game. It's first one I remember. It's the first one I remember. I don't know if technically. There mi- it was I mean, or not. there might have been one on an earlier system before NES that yeah. you know we just weren't privy to. But um, but I remember getting it and yeah, I didn't know until I was an adult that there's more than one stage to that game. Yeah, I had, I remember I had. Played just had no clue what the fuck was going on. Like, I mean, none whatsoever. Like, you can paint some stuff purple, and then you have like cherry bombs, and then the game's over. That's that's it. Yeah, Bart Bart versus the world. I remember more fondly. I, I remember I remember being disappointed, but yeah. not as disappointed. Because when I played it, I was like, "This is bad," but at least it's not Bart versus the Space Mutants. Yeah, I played Bart's Nightmare. I never played so that So much for Super Nintendo. You had to yeah. click like his six or seven homework pages. Yeah. Oh, I played that so much and it was so fucking hard. I don't think I ever got a a page. I came very close on the itchy and scratchy level. But fuck, that game was so difficult. I did play and owned, uh, let's see, it was called Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly. I had to look it up. That is one of the Game Boy games. Okay. Uh, I remember playing that. I actually liked that. I do not know if it's because I had played the NES Simpsons games and they were awful. (laughs) So, like, by comparison, it might just have been one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, There was another one called Bart versus the Juggernauts, which I vaguely remember i'm i'm down for this we should do this simpsons series yeah sounds good i mean it's gonna be miserable but we should do it yeah, no it's fine that's that's yeah. a thing it's, yeah. it's fine <laughs> um anything else anything else at all i do have one more thing okay do we have a stinger um maybe 
Because if we don't, I could save it for a stinger. We've done that before. Okay, we'll save it for a stinger then. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. So don't miss the next episode. Um, hopefully we'll be doing our final act playing installment of Little Fears. Yeah, right. That's, I'm excited That's the that. game plan. I hope that happens. Because I'm ready to play. Yeah. Ready to finish it up. And let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, we still love and need. Even, even Mike, thank you for trying. That we still need those five star iTunes reviews. It was obvious that iTunes was like, no, no, they don't. They don't. Well, that. you want to give them a three star? You can give them a three star. That's fine. <laughs> five stars? No, 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 no. <laughs> but please find, go to iTunes, find Tapbox, subscribe to the show, a five star rating, and write a review. It helps us substantially climb the iTunes rankings. So, and that means we get seen and heard by more people. It's a, it's a, it's a compounding effect, which we want. I don't yeah. know if you want you it. You might not want that. <laughs> but we want it. So uh, if there's a guest host you want to show, a game you want us to play, or a Patreon request, whatever that is, put that in your written review, and we promise we'll get to whatever you include eventually. eventually. Don't worry, guys. Like Tyler said, we're going to be back. In the meantime, you can always find us on tadpog.com. That is where the show notes live. Do you want to check out um, some of the Street Fighter videos we were talking about? Those will be in the show notes at tadpog.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash tadpog. There's a lot of cool people there doing a lot of cool shit. Uh, if you have any specific feedback for this episode, that is the best place to, uh, to let that be heard. Um, do you like the fact that we talked about a video game today? I hope that you did. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, we're getting, we're, I'm easy back into it. It feels weird. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at Tadpog underscore podcast. It's cumbersome. I realize, uh, but thank you to everybody who uh, has been retweeting us. I really do appreciate it. It helps spread the word, um, especially our episode announcements because that is, uh, that is the best. Uh, we have a Patreon. I know we mentioned this a lot, uh, but we just recorded and released a bonus episode uh, to Patreons, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. patrons exclusive, uh, where Tyler tells a very, 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 very gross story, mm-hmm. uh, which has turned the stomachs. And I lived it. <laughs> which has turned the stomachs of many a hardened <laughs> tadpog. Loyalist. Except Doug, Douglas Delecky, he was just like eating a frosty, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so I know that we have some new um, we have some new donors. Unfortunately, I don't have the list in front of me. So uh, hopefully on the next episode we can we can thank you. But know that we noticed and we really do appreciate it. And I hope that you enjoyed the bonus episodes. Uh, if you want to listen to those, um, all it really takes is um, – a donation of a dollar, just a dollar a month, mm-hmm. gets you access to to all of the bonus episodes that we've done. It's true. So, and all the future ones, as long as you you stay a donor. So, uh, we hope that you enjoy it uh, because we are probably our filthiest on those episodes. Yeah, and that is saying one hundred percent. Yeah, yep. That's saying a lot, considering that I asked my wife recently if I needed to tone it down because she now works with. Your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And she thoroughly embarrassed my dad the other day. <laughs> Please tell that. Because my dad came into now my mom and Nikki's workplace, and Nikki told my dad, like, heard you on the show the other day, and my dad just blanched. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you, you heard, heard that? that? 
I wouldn't have said those things if I would have known you were listening. She said he hurried out of the office. (laughs) She also, I don't know if she told you this, but she said that your mom thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. My mom and my mom's like right hand person, like they were both just dying laughing until they were crying the way my dad reacted. So, so the it's, I mean, like shaming me, it's hard to shame my dad. So she told Nikki told me that several of her coworkers' sons listened to Tadpog. <laughs> and that's and that is what I said. Do I need to chill it a little bit? Do I need to like cool down what I say? Like, am I? I don't want to embarrass you. Like, I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, she's like, no, I don't care. And they, the, my coworkers don't listen. Their sons do. And she mm. said. Uh, so I don't know if she like felt like a little bit of celebrity at the office. <laughs> what well, is like an office of, like six people? So. <laughs> so it's like a two of those six people uh, have sons who listen to the show. Uh, one of those people, one of those six people has a son who does the show <laughs> with me. <laughs> that is you. So uh, that's how everybody knows her at work. It pretty much is like she's the wife of the guy who does a show with Tyler. <laughs> uh, she's, but Nikki told me, don't worry. All of her coworkers' sons have told their respective moms. Do not listen to the show. <laughs> so I think we're they good. got us. They got I think us. We're good. good. Yeah, they got our back. So thanks, guys. <laughs> if you're still listening. Uh, so Patreon. That's the last thing I said. Mm-hmm. If you you can mail us stuff if you want, like uh, Drew did today. Comic book Drew. New Drew. New Drew. Drew. Drew two point <laughs> <laughs> New and improved Drew. <laughs> oh man, no, Drew, no, are barbecue Barrett's no, feelings. I'm not. He's just, he, he just no. Like one is silver and the other's gold. We still love it, Drew. It's fine. <laughs> one, one silver and the power pin. We're just into this new Drew. It's fine. We still, you're still great though. <laughs> <laughs> this new Drew comes in on his skateboard and his hat turned backwards. <laughs> <laughs> But if anything, anything you want to send us, please send that to Tadbug Studios, care of Nicole Nance, P.O. Box 3785, Paducah, Kentucky, 42002. Then we also have an Instagram, that's Tadpog underscore podcast. I have pictures of what Drew sent us up there. Um, I've awesome. been lagging a little bit lately on that because I just don't have a ton of content to put up there, but I need to work on it. That's all right, man. Just publish publish good stuff. Yeah. If there's nothing good to, <laughs> yeah. if there's nothing good to publish, just don't just don't do it. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't pressure yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, and our theme song is Moose by Sycamore Drive. Link to that track. We'll on the show notes at tadpog.com. How should we close this out? Um, we should close it out as... Sagat Obama? Yeah. You read my mind. Okay. Uh, I also <laughs> want to just point out, before we close it, mm-hmm. if you want to hear Old Drew, Old Drew has a podcast. Oh, it's true. Uh, you can we'll make it up to him by plugging him. Exactly. That's, <laughs> you're, re- you're reading my mind. Uh, Hops and Heroes, uh, which I they must have a new episode coming up soon. Should be coming up soon. Because uh, I know it's been a little bit since their last episode. So looking forward to hearing that and uh, check it out if you get a chance. Our you, episode of Loaded Cart Gaming is also up now. Yep. Uh, which is <laughs> Paul Cluel is a co-host on Loaded Cart Gaming on the Loaded Cart Podcast. And he sent me a message that says... That episode is essentially 90 minutes of rambling, and he loves it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm glad that we could bring the Tadpog charm into another <laughs> yeah. podcast. Just infect other, <laughs> other podcasts. <laughs> the legacy virus of po- video game podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so until next time, uh, uh Gabgorn. <laughs> <laughs>
Just pr- a proof that YouTube is a hive of scum and villainy. 